Hi, this is Pastor Scott, and I want to thank you for listening to this message from Vineyard Church located in downtown London, Kentucky, in Carnaby Square at 845 South Main Street. We invite you to come and join us. Our gathering times are Sunday at 10.30 a.m., and Wednesday we have a meal and a message at 7 p.m. Come look us up on the web at www.vineyardoflondon.com. Great things are happening at Vineyard, and everyone is welcome here. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. We're going to talk today about something that we've talked about before. It's called walking on water, but it is not the traditional walking on water story. Um, you know, and, and we've all heard this before, but uh, Peter, um, it, it, Jesus was walking on the water during a storm, and the, all the, the disciples, all 12 of them, say 12. Twelve of them were in the boat, and Jesus is walking up. They thought he was a ghost, and they looked out, and they were all terrified. They were all scared because they didn't know quite what to expect out of Jesus. He was always pulling something out that nobody expected. And so he's walking on the water to them, and Peter steps up and says something. We're going to pick up the story right there. Let's get these scriptures and look at them. Matthew 14, 27 through 32. You can see him on the screen. He says, don't be afraid. He said, take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. Very famous story. You've all heard it before. Verse 30, but when he saw the strong winds and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. I've heard a lot of sermons about this, and I've given quite a few sermons about this. I've preached quite a few sermons about this. But the thing that that is common amongst these sermons is is the theme, much as men made, about Peter's failure here. And many, many sermons, I've heard a lot of sermons about walking on the water, and it always concentrates on one thing. Peter sank. Peter sank. Many sermons about Peter's faith and his failure in faith. There's a lot of, about Peter taking his eyes off of Jesus. How many of you ever heard the, he took his eyes off Jesus and looked at the storm sermon? I know some of you have. And then there's a lot to be said. There's a lot of sermons that talk about Jesus' rebuke of Peter. Oh, you of little faith, couldn't you believe? And those sermons, they are, they are standard and they come around. I've preached them before. Other pastors have preached them before. But it, they just stick and stick and stick. And so I'm going to take a little different avenue today because I don't think that this was such a bad time in Peter's life. I think this was a turning point in his life. And I propose to you this morning that if Peter can have a a turnabout, you can have a turnabout. Somebody say amen. That if Peter can have something happen in his life that made it better, that you can do the same thing and have it be made better. He, the Bible's written as an example for our life. The Bible is a record of everybody's successes and failures, and we are to learn from it. It's the word of God. It's Jesus himself being imparted to us. This is the year of the Bible. Some may say amen. amen. But I have never heard a sermon about what I'm going to talk to you about today. Never. I've heard a lot of sermons about walking on the water. But I've never heard a sermon about what I'm going to talk to you about today. And this kind of wraps up where we were at in the last few. We didn't do a series, but it, it just seemed God was flowing in these last. It's the ultimate turning point in information. There is something so powerful here that it provides the ultimate turning point in Peter's life. 
There is, there's something that happens here that elevates Peter to the lead disciple position. The lead disciple position. Now, wouldn't that be nice? After this event, Peter is never the same. And the event comes in despite, it comes despite the failure of the moment. Peter messed up. Let's just get that out of the way. Peter says, Jesus, is that you? Yeah, it's me. Come to me. He goes, I'm going to get out. He gets out of the boat and starts walking towards him. He takes his eyes off Jesus, looks at the water, and starts to sing. And Jesus has to come over and save him. He says, help me, Lord. Somebody, somebody needs to shout that every day. Come on now. Help me, Lord. And so he says, I, I, Jesus leans down, picks him up, pulls him up, and says, why didn't you believe in me? What's, where's your faith? And so many of us at times, whether it's now or last week or it's going to happen next week, at times, all of us have felt like faith failures. Boy, I really let the Lord down on that one. Boy, I messed up. He gave me such an opportunity. I'll never have another opportunity. I'm here to tell you this morning, it's not about your success or your failure. It's about something else entirely that Peter did here. It's about something else entirely that I've never heard a sermon on. And yet I want, to keep, want you to catch this this morning. You see, Peter's life after the failure of walking on water was better than Peter's life before the failure of walking on water. And I'm here to tell you this morning, if you're afraid to fail, then you're afraid to get better afterwards. God has a place for you that is too big for your current abilities, and you are going to go out there, and if we were talking baseball, you are going to strike out, and the coach is not mad. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, I'm telling you the truth. I saw something in the scriptures the other day, and it absolutely changed my life. I want to show you this. Now, we've established that Peter messed up. We established that he messed up. But at this point in his life, he's just kind of a disciple. He's not, a, he's, he's not like the special disciple, or he's not like the ultimate disciple. You know, he's just kind of, he's not like the Patriots disciple. Come on, somebody. Come on. He's like, before this, he's just like average disciple. And we talked about average, I think, last week. But just stick with me. But something happens after he messes up. Now, if that was the case, that you had to mess up in order, in order to do good in the kingdom, I would be the best one in the kingdom. Come on now. And I know you would be right behind me. Now, come on. It's just the way it works. I want to show you something. Look at this. We're going to talk about what happens after. Put that screen up. After the, way, the walking on the water failure. What happened in Peter's life after the walking on the water failure. Well, in Matthew 16, 15, and 17, check this out. It says, then he asked them, this is Jesus talking to the disciples. Then he asked the, Jesus asked the disciples, but who do you say I am? This is just a few days later. This is not long after. It's a few days later. And Jesus looks at all the disciples and goes, hey, who do you guys think I am? Now, the last guy to, 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 to step up is the guy who just got written up in the back room by Jesus. This is a disciplinary warning for you on walking on the water, Peter, right? He, he's just gotten chewed out by Jesus, and listen to what he says. He, then he asked them, then Jesus asked the disciples, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter, Simon was, we'll just call it his first name. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you are blessed, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. And so now the guy that two days ago messed up and got rebuked in front of all of his friends and almost drowned, look at this next point I want to make to you. 
After walking on the water, Peter started receiving revelations straight from heaven. After the failure of walking on the water, Peter starts starts receiving direct downloads from heaven to him. And Jesus looks at him and goes, man didn't tell you this. You failed a couple days ago, but man didn't tell you this. My Father in heaven gave you this information. And something happened in that moment when Peter failed that completely changed the trajectory of his life. That failure didn't stop him. That failure seemed to push him on because now God is giving him revelation. That is the first person. That is the first record outside of a demon. That is the first person, a human being, who said, you are the Messiah. First person. Peter started receiving revelation straight from heaven immediately after failing. How many of you catch the point? Amen? Amen. So you say, well, well, that's good. That's just a coincidence. But look at what happens next just a little while later. Go to this next verse. Luke 22, 31 and 32. Simon, again, that's Peter. Jesus is talking to him. He says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat, but I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. Satan has, is after all the disciples, but he really wants Peter. He really wants Simon. Look, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat, but I have prayed, pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers, and all of a sudden, Peter is elevated after failing at walking on the water. He is elevated to a place where he is going to be the first to repent, the first to follow Jesus, and the first to help his brother Christians, his brother apostles. And I want you to catch this because Peter wasn't in that position before he failed at walking on the water. Look at this point right here. After the walking on the water failure, Jesus stopped Satan from sifting Peter's life. Wouldn't that be nice to have Jesus say a prayer directly just for you? No more devil can't mess with your life anymore. But that's exactly what Jesus said. He said, I've prayed that, you will, that your faith will not fail. I've prayed that you're going to make it through. I prayed directly for you, Peter, and now you have a responsibility because I prayed for you. I saw something in you when you failed at walking on the water. I saw something in you when you failed at walking on the water, and I'm telling you right now, I need you to be praying for your brothers, for, for, your, for the other guys, when you come back to me, indicating he was going to reject him. Now, I know nobody here has ever, I hope nobody here has ever totally rejected Jesus, but the other side of that coin is, is if Jesus prayed directly for the guy who did, he'd probably pray for you too. He's our advocate in heaven, sitting next to the Father. Somebody say Amen. Third thing that, another thing that happened, one of the third thing that happened um, that I want to point out to you is John, found in John 21 and 15, Jesus has been resurrected. He, he sees the guys out fishing and he's there particularly for Peter and he pulls Peter aside and he, he makes breakfast for him actually. They, they eat breakfast. This is after the resurrection. This is in the 40 days that Jesus stayed on the earth after, um, after he was resurrected. And during that 40 days, he goes over to the seaside. The guys are fishing. He calls them in to eat. They come in and eat. Peter's like a whip dog. Come on. And then after breakfast, Peter, Jesus does something with Peter, John 21 and 15. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon, or asked, asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? 
Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. I won't read all of this, but he asks him this question three times. And he tells him to feed his lambs, he tells him to tend his sheep, and he tells him to feed his sheep. He gives him direction, and then, Peter, and then he says, to, there's a conversation between them in which he says, and by the way, Peter, when you're old, which means he's going to have a long ministry, when you're old, men are going to lead you where you don't want to go, and you're going to be crucified like I was. Now, you can read it for yourself. You can see what it says there. Go to John 20, chapter 21, and you can read it all. But here's what I'm telling you. Listen to me closely. This is the same Peter that failed at walking on the water, and he's the only, the only, the only, the only disciple who gets direct revelation about his ministry and about his life and about how long he's going to live. He's the only one. Now look at it. Go to, the next, go to that next point. After walking on the water failure, Jesus gave Peter specific directions concerning his life and his ministry. Wouldn't it be nice to know what your ministry was going to do, how it was going to work, how long your life was going to be? Wouldn't that be nice to know that you were going to have a long ministry and you were going to do something great for Jesus over time? And Peter, who walked on the water and failed, is the only disciple that received this kind of information. Peter had a turning point when he failed at walking on the water. Which means you and I are full of hope for doing okay. You and I have absolutely no reason to worry about our failures. It's not about our, our failures, and it's easy to critique Peter. Oh, Peter, he's the guy who, didn't, who was out on the water and sank. Oh, Peter, Jesus rebuked Peter. That's all good, but when you look at Peter's life after that moment, though I gave you three examples right now, but let me give you a few more. Peter witnessed the transfiguration after that. For those of you that don't know, Jesus met with, with Moses and with Elijah on a mountainside, and Peter was there. He was there with a couple other guys, but Peter was there. He was the first to confess Christ. Jesus asks about him and says, I want you to get all the disciples and Peter together. He was concerned about Peter. Listen to what else happened. He became the pastor of the Jerusalem church. Angels let him out of prison. He had a vision revealing that the Gentiles would be saved. And he preached. He, he was actually preaching when the Holy Spirit fell on the Gentiles at Cornelius' home. It was event after event after event after event after event that happened in Peter's life. And I'm telling you that that moment started when he failed at walking on the water. That turning point started there. All of this happened after he failed at walking on the water. And what if we could get in on this? What if it could be that you and I could be like Peter, fail, and our life get better? Somebody say, amen. Come on now. And I'm not talking about going into sin and getting all messed up and breaking people, breaking into people's homes and getting on drugs. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Peter tried to do something in ministry. Peter tried to go out with Jesus, and it didn't work. And a lot of you have tried something with Jesus. You know, we have coat drives, or we have, we have uh, you know, a, a free yard sale giveaway, or we'll do something at the chicken festival, and sometimes things don't always go like you planned. So my question is, for this morning, will you be like Peter, or will you not? Do you really want to be like Peter and do what Peter did so that you can receive what Peter received, even if it fails? Here's my question. We live in a society in which winning is the big thing, which is why I picked the Patriots. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Peter had a life change at that moment. And I'm telling you, 
just one thing out of all those things I'm talking about would have been like a momentous moment in your ministry, in your life with Jesus. Just one thing, just getting let out of prison by an angel. Would have been like, I got to tell you this story. Let me tell you that you go everywhere telling that story. Just one thing. Just one thing. Just, just Jesus coming up and going, hey, do you love me? Uh, feed my lambs. Well, I've been anointed by Jesus. Come on now, that's what you'd be. But Peter has these things happen over and over and over and over, but never before he failed at walking on the water. Here's why. Take a look at this point, at this sermon, at this, I'm sorry, at this scripture. I've highlighted this scripture that we looked at just a little while ago. Go ahead and flip over to that scripture. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, If that's you out on the water, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat. And it seems so simple. Well, obviously he did, Pastor Scott. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. You know what that scripture doesn't say? It doesn't say there were 11 guys who didn't. Now, you listen to me. There were 11 guys that stayed in the safety of the boat, full Christians, healing the sick, going out and ministering, servants of Jesus, becoming apostles. These guys were the guys that you wanted to have around. But the fact is, is take a look at this point. Peter got out of the boat. Go to the next one. While 11 others stayed behind. It is not, listen to me closely, It is not about winning. That's God's job. That's God's job. He he hasn't lost yet. He's not going to lose. He's not in the business of losing. Peter got out of the boat while the 11 others stayed behind. And Jesus liked that. And I'm here to tell you something this morning because we've been building and building and building to this point. There are people here who are so afraid of their failures, so afraid of troubles, so afraid that somebody's going to get sick, so afraid that their ministry isn't going to go well, so afraid that they're going to hit a wrong note that they won't get up and try. They stay in the boat. They won't get up over, come on, over the side of the boat to walk on the water. It doesn't matter if you sunk to the, to the, like an anchor, Jesus will pick you up afterwards. The key issue is, is how come you're afraid to get out of the boat? This is the facts. While 11 others stayed behind, Peter got out of the boat. That moment instantly changed Peter's life. I mean, it was changed forever, forever. It wasn't about succeeding or failing. It's not about who gets the most wins. And many of us haven't gotten out of the boat because we thought we had to succeed in order to get out of the boat. No, your job is not to succeed. Your job is to get out of the boat, out of the safety net, out of the protective area. You are supposed to go out and be a fool for Christ. John Wimber said that. Whose fool will you be? You're going to be a fool for Christ or you're going to be a fool for the devil? I'll bet you, now just do this in your own head. I'll name a few of them. But I'll bet you, you can't name seven disciples, seven apostles. And there were 12 of them. I'll give you a couple. There was Matthew. Huh? There were two Judases. There was John. There was James. Those are the easy ones. That's six. There are six more. And I have trouble naming them. You want to know why? Because when you stay in the boat, you don't get written about. 
When you stay in the boat, you're, you're one of the crowd, but you're not one of, one of the guys that's actually doing the ministry. One of the ladies who's actually doing the ministry. You got to quit being afraid. I read something this week, and, and it's so true that fear is the number one sin that is, that is uh, allowed within the church. It's not allowed. It's not allowed. All those things I mentioned that happened to Peter can happen to you. All those things. The Bible says that those who love their God will, will do great exploits. Somebody's going to get 3,000 people saved. Peter did. Somebody's going to lead a church. Peter did. Somebody is going to go out and grab, see a guy at, at the gate beautiful and grab him by the hand and pull him up. Peter did. But if you're afraid to fail, you won't reach your hand out. If you're afraid to fail, you won't get out of the boat. And if you're afraid to fail, please, will you please do something for your pastor? I want you to go out and I want you to fail. I'll get you out of jail. Come on now. We'll get a committee together. We'll get you out of jail. Peter went to jail for the gospel. <clears throat> went to jail for the gospel. And we're like, oh, well, I'm afraid they'll think something bad about me. They thought, everybody thought something bad about Peter. All the sinners thought something bad about Peter until he went and healed their family. Huh? Until he got out of the jail. And what I didn't tell you is, is everyone in the jail, all their shackles fell off. Mm. There's a sermon there somewhere. Peter got out of the boat. Freedom is contagious. Amen. Now listen to me. One out of 11. Will you be the one? My question for you this morning is, is will you be the one? We all want to be courageous for God. But you can't be courageous if everything around you is safe. It doesn't take courage to be safe. It takes sitting in the boat. It takes your posterior, sitting in the boat, when it's safe, it doesn't take courage. But if I said to you this morning, how many of you want to be courageous for God? I'd say every hand would go up. That means you've got to be in a place of fear, of failure, of potential destruction. You've got to be in a place where nobody likes you, and you still got to be that Christian that God wants getting out of the boat, preaching a sermon, getting 3,000 people saved. God will be happy with you. You don't have to worry about anything else. But what if I fail? Then you'll be like Peter. He was awesome. He was awesome. Then you'll be like Peter. Great things are happening at Vineyard. Vineyard Church in downtown London, Kentucky in Carnaby Square at 845 South Main Street. 